Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka, and with me today, I've got Bernie Fusenegger, man. It is so awesome. The man with the hand that no one can miss. So, Bernie, great to have you here today. Thank you very much, Damon. Very, very, very much appreciate you having me on as a guest today, and happy Tuesday. Taco yeah, Tuesday. Ha- happy Tuesday to everyone. Oh, yes, it is. It's Taco Tuesday. It I gotta remember Tuesday. that. I got to remember that. That's dinner tonight. Yes. Taco Tuesday. Well, you know, Bernie, I've been wanting to have you on for a while because your background and experience is so cool and, and your story and, and everything. So I'm I'm just going to let us go right into it. So tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, kind of how you ended up where you're at today. Yeah, um, good question. So when I came out of college, I went to a little agency and, you know, it was really during this agency, probably there for about three, three and a half years is when the internet um, came about. And it's one of those, it's like, wow, what do you do with this thing? And, you know, yeah. really at that time, it was very basic websites, um, email, and literally that was it. So I yeah. left there and went to a technology really startup, if you will, it's called the Cobb Group, um, based here out of Louisville. And really what they did were a lot of self-help guides like Microsoft Word, um, Lotus, and some of these others that just came around. And really what we did at that point, we would create a landing page, we would create a, a banner. And that was kind of the my first foray into this digital world. world. And mm-hmm. you, know, you know, how do you go from print to this digital then from there, I went to Humana for about three years. And this is really where I made a transformation of, okay, enough of this print. I want to get strictly over into the digital and really taught myself how to do web design, web development, and pretty much all front-end um, design, taking a lot of my background, which was graphic and advertising design, and using that over in the digital world. And one of the reasons why I made that switch was in print, you know, you do something, it takes six weeks to have it printed. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, you made a mistake. And it's like, oh my gosh, you get yeah. in trouble for that or you get red man, whatever. But, you know, proofreader didn't catch it. And then you got to do a reprint or something. With the, with the digital way back then, you know, you had that ability to make changes on the fly. Yeah. You know, you could create a landing page, put it out there. If it wasn't working, pull it down, put something else. You could easily, you know, A-B test if you wanted. But it was just the immediacy. It was the ability to quickly engage with a consumer and help them within that buying purchase or more informational really back then. So right around 2000 or the year 2000, I went to work for Papa John's. And essentially, you know, when I went to Papa John's, it was more web design development as I've started off. And, you know, way back then we were at 2% online sales, which, you know, when I left, um, three, four months ago, we were at 66, 67%. So that kind of gives you an idea. And one of the funniest stories, I guess, from back then, 
John Schnatter, the founder, and back then he was the president, CEO, everything else. He yeah. was ready to pull the plug. He thought, you know, online ordering is going to be a fad. You know, we're investing all this money and not seeing the returns that we want right away. So, you know, there was a possibility back in 2000, he was ready to pull that sucker out. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, you know, some of the things, you know, on, we were the first with uh, nationwide plan ahead ordering, which is pretty cool. So these are all things that happen because we decided to keep on moving forward with it. First with online ordering, first with plan ahead ordering, um, first pizza chain with text ordering, um, first with one billion in national mobile online web ordering, the first with the digital rewards program, um, first with uh, optimized e-commerce gift card. And those are just some of the things that we really did along the way. Another one is we created, we were the first with a localization tool that gave our franchisees the ability to basically send out their own email and SMS. That's something that we developed with a um, third-party vendor. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of first within this category. And when you look at pizza in general, you think, you know, how much really could be into pizza? And in reality, you look at the technology. Oh, yeah. A lot of this. You look at the data that you're collecting on your consumers as far as, yeah. you know, what they've ordered, what their order history is, what their frequency is. Um, you know, are they a rewards customer? Or are they not a re rewards customer? So, you know, there's a lot of that, you know, along the way. And as, you know, I went from the web design part of it and really as I gained more experience on the digital side, it was going from not only the web, but then assumed the email program, assumed our SMS program, um, went from, you know, a manager, senior manager to a director level to where ultimately at that point, you know, I had teams underneath me. We were responsible for the CRM, which email, SMS, push, mobile marketing. I had a wow. team team that was responsible for all 3,200 stores as far as their deals, promo codes. We worked with our franchisees on a daily basis. And I guess some of the things, you know, that happened during that time, I was part of five different website redesigns. So you think, you know, all the experiences and customer experiences or expectations yeah. have changed. You know, we had five different web designs over that period that, you know, address new features, new functionality. Um, my team's launched the uh, the first, first HTML email, um, the Papa John's and our teams, we created our first, you know, loyalty program that was built from the ground up. And this was back probably around 2007-ish. Hmm. And um, we launched our SMS programs, launched Mobile Push. Um, I was, I've been there long enough to where I was personally involved in launching the Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, Twitter channels, which is kind of fun thinking how far back that was. Yeah. Back into, you know, this goes back pretty far. Then, you know, we had a partnership with um, Exact Target. They were email based out of Indy and ultimately purchased by Salesforce Marketing Cloud. So, you know, it was through them that we started doing a lot of data driven marketing through our email and SMS programs just based on real time customer data that we had to have that drip campaign, to have that welcome campaign, yeah. to have more dynamic content within our emails. And, you know, that's the part that, you know, really excites me on a day to day basis is how do you use data? to really connect with your audiences, to reach, retain, and regain. That's something I love to talk about because really that's where I start formulating that thoughts of, okay, if you're going to reach a new customer, what are all the channels that you have to reach that individual? And it's, you know, it's your website, it's your in-store team member, it's the store itself, it's, you know, the top of the funnel, which may be your search and display all the way down through the, through the bottom of the funnel, which is your email programs. But what is that message to get that second order? And then ultimately, you know, how do you retain that customer? And that comes with a lot of the, the triggered 
the welcome series, um, understanding who the customers are and really based off of their behaviors, triggering messaging and communicating to them so that you don't have to regain them. And regain is basically when they're leaving your brand, you know, how do you bring those individuals back in? But, you know, that's kind of the foundation that's omni-channel. It looks at, you know, it fits very nicely with the customer journey and definitely all data driven. So if you've got the data, you know, you have that ability now to truly engage with your consumer, bringing them back into the brand and communicating with them, you know, as well. So, you know, that's kind of the, the Papa John's, you know, 20 years, you yeah. think you walk into the building and it's like, you know, pizza can't be that bad. It can't be that difficult. But then, you know, you go through some of the training, you work into the, you work in the stores and it's like, oh my gosh, this is a lot more complicated than I thought. They've got charts for everything on how to make a pizza. So that yeah. it's the same here in Louisville as it is out in Seattle or, mm -hmm. you know, down in Miami, it doesn't matter. Yep. It's got the same portioning, you know, yeah. the same dough, the same everything. And it's just, you know, when you look at the process along the way, it is actually pretty cool that, you know, you're making pizza, but it's powered by a lot of technology. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, and when you look at, uh, as you said, some of the things that you talked about, I, I've got to imagine that when you started, and I, I'm just sitting here trying to trying to comprehend, first of all, I was writing some notes to take, to, to ask you some questions about it. When you started in 2000, when, you know, really the, the internet was at its infancy, really, right. and we, didn't, we didn't know what was going on. Cause it wasn't, I forget when the date, when Google actually started, but it wasn't a heck of a lot before that or, or right after that, it was like 97 or something like yeah, that. I mean, that. So, back, uh, you know, like ask Jeeves and some of these other search engines, um, internet yeah, Explorer yeah. was actually pretty popular in some of the, um, some of the other search engines that were back there and they don't even exist anymore. Yeah. When Yahoo is actually a search yes. engine. You uh, had AOL of all Yeah. Things. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> but you think about that now and you look at, and I was just trying to, you have really been there from infancy to really pretty advanced usage. Because when we talk about what, what you're, what a company like Papa John's and what you're leading people to do is, is really data analysis, data forensic, right. and then using that data to predict how to be the best, you know, how to drop the right messaging at the right place at the right time to engage that customer. And it's also, how do you use it for personalization? How do you use it yes. for one-on-one -on -one communication? And when I say personalization, this is, you know, ultimate, you know, various reasons on on the website when you come in you've got something that's tailored for you if you call into the store the in-store team member understands okay i know who this customer is i see what their order history so you know that personalization to where you're building better relationships with your audiences with your customers to really give them a better experience when they engage with the brand so i mean that part's extremely important and you don't, you know, and as you're saying these things, right, I'm thinking about that. What did you say? When you call into a store, they know your order history. It's based on your phone number. So, right. of course, it, you, it follows you around. But that's really helpful when they're talking to you because they could almost say, hey, do you like, you know, did you like the order last time? Because you could get one just like yeah. that now. And the great thing about, you know, restaurant, at least the pizza industry, at least us back then, you know, a lot of times people would create a loyalty program to gain customer information. Yeah. To get their, you know, their phone number, where they live and all that. When you order a pizza and this goes back, you know, 2000, 2007 ish, even all those times. Okay. You call in, what's your name? 
Bernie Fiesnager, what's your address? You give your address. And back then you didn't have call ID, what's your phone number? So you're giving all your information just to get that pizza delivered. And then, you know, taking yeah. it from the offline to the online where now you've got to create an account and then you've got to, you know, got the loyalty program, but just all that data that the cons- consumer is willingly given you to then be able to market back to them. And oh, I'm not yeah. going to say it was always been easy either. You oh, get, no. You get, you know, some leaders that very much, you know, believed in the batch and blast. We're going to do the one message for everybody because traditionally, you know, that's how it always worked. You run a TV commercial. It's the national limited time offer, you know, offer that's out there. We're going to hit yeah. them with that. We're going to, you know, that's going to be on social. That's going to be everywhere else. But, you know, it's how do you um, teach leadership or show leadership the importance of data-driven marketing and going through that, you know, exercise of here's the type of ROI, here's the type of testing, you know, showing quick wins, quick results to then get them on board of, okay, it doesn't really have to be, you know, that batch and blast one message for everyone. Now we've got the ability to be a little bit more targeted, a little bit more segmented, um, looking at a consumer, you know, the frequency of a consumer, you know, has that changed? And when that changes, are we, one, know who that customer is, but then are we communicating them to get them to come back? Or, you know, we need to know who's leaving so that then we can be more aware of when it happens. But also using data to, you know, build lookalike audiences. So here's our, you know, segment of a good customer base that we have. We want a ton more of these individuals because their ticket average is higher. You know, they've got a higher lifetime value. Now let's use a lookalike on search and display and even social and bring more individuals like those in as well. So, you know, it's very much from a batch and blast way years ago to being much smarter and much more effective and efficient with who you're targeting, but also within your spend. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, that's the other thing I think is when people are listening to you talk, they didn't realize that this all, has to be done within a certain spending parameters too, because right. it's not unlimited profits. Uh, you know, you really have to watch where you spend every penny because it's, it's competitive. You know, you're not the only player in the game. And, and if someone spends better and gets better results than you, it's, it's detrimental. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of this, yes, we're talking about pizza, but this applies to so many other categories. Um, definitely, you know, oh, yeah. other, other restaurants, you look at, my gosh, hardware stores, they have loyalty yeah. programs. Um, any service industry, whether it's a coffee shop, uh, you know, some of these big wine wine and beer, yep. um, liquor store, whatever you want to yep. call them, big box retailers, retail. If you've got that ability to capture customer data, at that point, you know, you've got the ability to be data-driven with your marketing, yeah. be yeah. more effective and more efficient with your spends. So it becomes very important of, you know, why the reason why you gather this and the programs that you have behind it. Well, yeah. And you, you look at the grocery industry and how they've That's done another it because, one. That's another because one. yeah, you look at a grocery store, they've got limited space. They've got, they've got limited shelf life yes. and, and, and they've, they've got fierce margin competition. Yes. So it's like, you know, the loyalty programs, I, I honestly don't understand how they don't, you know, don't really have it because there's, there's still some brands that don't, and I don't know how they operate like that. I don't either. Because it's, it's, you get so much about, you know, who, who Damon is and what Damon buys, when Damon buys it, you know, and, and uh, everything else they can get about me outside of the, 
the uh, the what I buy in the store that helps them to what are new products that we might want to try, yeah. you know. And I I think about from just the the operation of running a place like that, that information allows you to say why do you have that item on the shelf? Because nobody right. you, you know there's nobody in your demographic here that's bought it. And that's and, yeah exactly. So you're hitting on something that's. Um, I think, you know, another aspect of the data is, you know, we're talking about customers, but what about inventory? Yeah. What about, you know, things on a shelf or, you know, products or toppings or whatever? If nobody's purchasing it, why do you have that much space dedicated for that one individual? And that's, you know, the other part is, you know, looking at net, pro net promoter scores of consumers, yeah. and getting their feedback of, you know, what's working, what's not, but, you know, what's their experience within the store and, what is it they're purchasing and what are their expectations? So, you know, it's more than just, I guess, the data, but there's so much data that you can potentially be using across the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. So when just, just for a, a point of reference, like how many text messages would, would a place like Papa John send on a daily basis? That is a great question, which I do know. <laughs> um, so when I started and I took over the email programs, we were at probably the database size was roughly 75,000 to 100,000. Over my time, we grew it to 14 million. Yeah. And, and there was some, and I'm going to go with email first. And you yeah. know, with email, we would send, I think there was a couple of years where we sent close to 2 billion emails a year. Oh, gee. Just imagine that. So it was we became very reliant on email. We knew that when you sent it out, you were going to get X number of sales and X, X number of transactions. And then, you know, with SMS, it was roughly, we would probably send about seven or 8 million a week. So, you know, multiply that over, you know, yeah. two weeks, but then, you know, there's a lot of rules and regulations. So, I mean, yeah. with, with SMS, you know, we grew it to 4 million. Um, the TCPA came around and, you know, the legal team's like, eh, I think we need to mix this whole list and start from new. And, you know, this was probably seven years ago. So going back to zero and building it back up to four, four million to be totally compliant. Yeah. Sure we had the right people in there and making people, making sure people opted in the correct way. Yeah. And then along came, you know, the mobile apps and push notifications and push notifications right now are kind of like the wild, wild west. They're out there. There's not a whole lot of regulation other than you opted in. But, you know, look at, and the, what I love about push notifications is the way that they're using data. Look at your Fitbit app or, you know, any of the health type fitness apps that you have in the way that they engage with you. A lot of these game apps, look at the yeah. way that they entice you to come back in, the offers, the specials, the messaging, mm -hmm. the way that you've competed against somebody, the way that they really use that to keep, they're act, you know, to keep them on your phone. I mean, that's the big thing. This thing right here with the space that you have and the amount of apps for you to have a position and placement on someone's phone is very special. And it's something that you don't want to abuse, but how do you truly take advantage of that? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, you're right. If you can get, if, if you can get the notifications coming up on their phone from time to time, you're top of mind. Absolutely. And then, and then with the, like you said, the text ordering, the app based ordering, it's, it's even easier because it comes up, they can convert right there if they feel like. Right. And when you look at email and SMS specifically, yes, they're, you know, 
more towards the middle of the, the funnel towards the bottom. But once you've got that individual into your program, just some of the basic things that you could do, a welcome series email, and not just one, but how do you, you know, space this out over the course of a month where you're continually in front of that consumer, you know, every five days with a different message about your brand. And, yeah. you know, that becomes powerful. Um, you, you've got opportunities for, you know, the their birthday anniversary, yeah. but then once they start purchasing, then you open it up towards so much more that's dynamic based on their behaviors, based on mm -hmm. if we're going to launch a specific product or whatever it may be next month, let's pull out and give, you know, this big segment a special preview of what you're doing because they ordered something in the past that's very relevant, but you could, can then become very personalized. And the same thing with SMS, maybe not with the same frequency, but then, you know, how do you use SMS more as a utility, if you will, and, you know, forgot passwords or order confirmation on the way, things like that to where, you know, they requested it, they being the consumer, and yeah. you're giving them, you know, their expectations with that while also giving more of a brand messaging. But you don't really want to spend, send, you know, six, six text messages in a week. It's just, you know, that's a very personal device that, yeah. that you're encroaching upon at that point. Yeah. Wow. When you think about the possibilities that you guys, you were, you were considering, like you said, if, if I'm a, a, a customer with years of history, and to be able to to say you're coming out with a, a new product and you know it's similar like you said to another yeah. product just there's just so many things to talk to people about it's your you know last year you bought a you bought yeah. a pizza on your birthday you know you, you're gonna get one this year we come out with this new one that you know right. might like even better there's just so much you could do based having that knowledge it is and you know even outside of pizza, I mean, your ability yeah, yeah. to start creating excitement and awareness before a promotion starts and even having these people that then could be potentially your ambassador and talk for you yeah. and promote your brand and share your message out to their friends. I mean, that's pretty powerful. And when you start treating them like a like a person and not a number or, you know, this is our customer over here, but, you know, this is Dustin over here. This is, you know, yeah. Alice over here and this is we've heard from them. We talked to them. We've got them part of focus groups. We got, you know, them part of, you know, the smaller segments to where we're talking more frequent to understand what we're doing, right. What we're not doing so that then they become even more loyal because they feel like they're part of that brand and really yeah. become part of an, a, an ambassador for your brand. Which, yeah. you know, once you get to that point, you know, that becomes even more powerful. Yeah. It's like Andrew Deutsch talks about, he says, build voracious advocates for your brand absolutely, and, and, and then engage them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you're, when you're doing that, I mean, yeah, it can work for, you could have a, a sports team, you could be yeah. race cars, you could be, you know, groceries. It really doesn't matter if you have the data to be able to, to really think about why someone may care about, and it really, you're putting yourselves in the, in the shoes of the customer yeah. and going, why would Damon like to get an email from us today? Not, not how can I sell Damon? Yeah. Some, but why would he like to get an email from us today? And I think that's, uh, I think about that because myself over the last few years, I've really come around and, and started to understand yeah. how to, how to, to, to actually sell the way that you, you should sell and by giving people what they really want and just showing them that it's there. And, and it's, uh, when you think of it in those ways and you have the data behind it, it's so powerful. It is. And, you know, we're talking about media 
and communicating, but, you know, going almost old school, and this is something that I talk with, you know, some of the clients that I work with is, you know, a customer outreach program. Identify your best 20 to 40 consumers and call them up on the phone. You know, pick, pick up the yeah. phone and call them up. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, you're becoming more personal with them. But, yeah. you know, ask them, what is the experience like? What are your expectations? Why do you buy from us? And, you know, start that two-way dialogue to where, you know, they're going to start feeling more than just a consumer. That they're, they're, they're giving you advice and you're asking for it. But, you know, it's physically talking to the consumers as well. And it's not relying on a survey that goes out or an email yeah. or something else. But, you know, you got to have that vocalization and talk to someone as well to really build even stronger brand loyalty. That's a great point, because if you did that with, if you were a restaurant and you did that with your, the, your repeat customers, the people that you, yeah. you, know, you, you figure out your big spenders, you figure out your, you know, the top of two or three different kinds of people that you identify in there and you, and you talk to 10 a week, that's 500 over the 500 calls over a year. Oh, that's yeah. a lot of times to talking to people and, and they're going to help you. They're going to help exactly. you with with your improvements. They're going to help you with creating yeah. a better menu. They're going to help you with layout of the facility, yeah. you know, whatever it is, they're going to help you with all these different things that, like you said, if, if someone calls me and says, Damon, you know, you're a good customer of ours and, and I've seen you around. I just want to see, what do you yeah. think about this? And on the flip side, you can look at some of your customers that may have a bad experience and talk yep. to them. Yep. And, you know, through that process, you may bring them back into the brand, but you're also going to understand what's not working, why they left or, you know, the problems that they had. So you can make those improvements. So, you know, it's not just your best, but look at some of the ones that may not be performing the way that you that you want and their expectations might be a little bit different. Yeah. So it's learning from both ends that, you know, I think is very important. That's true. That's true. The, the, the bad experiences can teach you what you need to do even better. Yes. Even better. That's for sure. Wow. I mean, I, it, it still, you know, we've talked a few times outside yeah. of this and stuff and, and I still am boggled when I think about the, the amount of data. So, I mean, did you have data scientists that, I mean, basically they were just analyzing stuff for you? That uh, didn't come, that really didn't come until later. And, really? You know, that was probably within the last, six, seven, eight years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I've talked to people other just with product sales uh -huh. and once you get up, you know, like over a hundred million or so, it seems like you really just need to get analysts Yeah, and, 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 and you start to do that. So I, the size of your business, I would say it'd be, you'd have to have a lot of them. By start the time looking you at trends, what's working, what's not. Yeah. You know, once you start getting into segmentation, who are the segments we need to go after? Why do we need to go after them? You know, what's their lifetime value? What's their ticket average? What's their, what's their propensity to order X, Y, and Z? I mean, there are so many different variables that you could really dig into. And you look at just, you know, with pizza alone, that's one thing. But look yeah. at like a retail, you know, box store that's got millions yeah. of SKUs and the amount of data that they're pulling in would yeah. be, one, fascinating. But to be able yeah. to dig through that, you would need an army of data scientists that are, you know, rummaging through all that, trying to pull out all the, the right things that you need to focus on. Yeah. And just, and just organizing that, the oh, yeah. analysts to be able to work on the right things because you can go down a rabbit hole pretty easily oh, for months easy. and months. 
Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, with that, it's, you know, what are the KPIs that you're setting up yeah. prior to a campaign and what are your goals? What are your expectations, the KPIs and what are your measurements and how are you measuring along the way can help keep some of that, I think, contained as far as the rabbit holes, because you're right, you could go so deep and um, totally get off focus when that happens. Yeah. So let's 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 summarize up your your Papa John's by a couple things. So what what was the thing that was the most fun that you did while you were there? The most fun, I guess it would be the I guess it would be my baby that we built. And it was this local email tool that allowed our franchisees the ability to send email and SMS. It's something that, you know, we started way off in 2007. And as far as I know, they're still using it and, you know, a nice lifetime lifespan for something like that. But, you know, it was understanding the problems that we had back then of, you know, we've got one message and how do we get more offers? And this was, you know, gave us the ability. But, you know, you think about a franchise organization like that. Yeah. And you look at any individual market, they know when a Domino's has opened up. They know what their competitors are doing in their market. So they needed that ability to be able to act fast, be able to act quickly to then really compete with their competition on a day-to-day basis. And these tools allowed us to do that. And, you know, that was one of those that being part of the inception, being part of the discovery, working with the development teams, the technical teams, adding segmentation, adding new tools along the way. It was something that was always evolving and always did evolve with the features and functionality. And it's one of those that, you know, we worked with Salesforce Marketing Cloud and that was really something that helped them with their business as far as their distributing sending tool that they built that went to all their partners. Wow. Very cool. That was kind of fun. And that was the one that's like, you know, you know, I sit back and it's like, okay, this is the one big thing. I mean, there's a multitude of others that, yeah, there's not one person that is, you know, there were so many people involved in this um, architects, you know, developers, and, you know, it's the process and how does a team come together to, truly build something that's beneficial for the brand is, you know, really the coolest part. And when you look at online ordering going from 2% to 60 to yeah. 70%, you think of all the people that were involved in yeah. that process over the course of 20 years. And it's amazing the number of talented people I was able and fortunate enough to work with along the way. And oh, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing. And, you know, with us, we built a lot of this ourselves. And we yeah. had developers that built this ourselves. And it's it's pretty cool to say I was part of that. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Because you know, it's, it's so cool to get to talk to you about this. Because it's just, it, like I said before many times when we talked, it's just fascinating to me because of the, A, the breadth of experience you had there. And then and then the growth. I mean, because when you started, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up because we yeah. talked a long time on this. But how, how big was the company when you started? I would say under a thousand stores yeah roughly. yeah so yeah when, so. I left, when i left we were over five thousand. Oh my goodness yeah that's crazy cool man and 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 i'm i'm excited to see what how you're going to be helping people in the future because i know what you're doing and what you learned is is really uh I, it's going to be able to help a lot of other business people yeah. do what they want to do so what are you excited for now what's what what i mean because now you you've been kind of out you get just like okay i understand you've been hanging out a while you're 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 looking at some different opportunities but what really excites you now in the field of of your three r's and and for people being able to you know 
do good things in their business? Yeah. So the one thing I'm really excited for is, you know, for the last 20 years, I've always done consulting on the side. I've always had, you know, my side business brands, yep. websites and whatnot. But really the last three to four years, um, you know, I started building up my personal brand, which has really evolved into my business brand, B to the seven. And my focus there is how do I take a lot of these past experiences at Papa John's with data-driven marketing, with omni-channel, to really focus in on how do I help restaurants, retail, any service brands with their marketing programs? And, you know, for a long time, it's like, oh, gosh, I don't want to be associated with anything, Papa John's. I'm going my own way. But in reality, the experiences that I've gained there from, you know, basically a startup to multi-unit franchise with very limited data to tons of data yeah. you know, that experience and that understanding is very translatable to so many other different industries and you know when i've talked to people they're like well you know healthcare for example or even you know some of the other categories of well you know the customers aren't the same in reality when you step back and look at it you you got to know who your customer is yeah. you got to know what makes them tick You've got to know what their channel is, and then you've got to have programs that are built around it. Whether you're selling a car, whether you're selling pizza, you still have to have that foundation. And then mm -hmm. reach, retain, and regain you know, fits into all of that. How are you going to reach new customers? doesn't matter what brand, what category you're in. That is everyone's objective. How do I get new customers in the door? And you know, what is your strategy? What are your programs? What are your channels that you do to have that? And then back to the retain. You want to retain all your consumers. So what are the messaging, the programs that you have once you start bringing these customers in? How are you, you know, creating and gaining that data and then the regain once again? But, you know, that's really a foundation that applies for any brands. So, yeah. you know, you know, what am I doing now? So a lot of it is, you know, consulting with other restaurants, consulting with other partners with uh, the B to the seven. Mm -hmm. Another one is I've formed a partnership with uh, two other professionals, Three Ring Circus which is a social media um, creation studio where we do a lot of stock animation. Um, ah. You know, why be ordinary when you can be extraordinary with a lot of this creative? Um, you know, we've got the photography the team does is phenomenal in the background that they have. One of them has done a lot of the photography for Papa John's over the years. And, you know, he's been doing this on his side. He's yeah. done work with a lot of bourbon brands. Um, the other professional, Rachel, that's a part of the partnership, you know, she's done a lot of work for Humana and healthcare, but she's a, you know, phenomenal photographer. So, you know, taking a lot of our experiences and working together as a team to then helping other brands. So we've got a couple of clients on that side where, you know, we're doing a lot of testing, developing, you know, a lot of the animations for them to use within their mm -hmm. social. And, you know, that's another part of, you know, taking our experiences and understanding, you know, what the focus is for a brand and then, you know, working with them to create, really one of three areas. What is your brand message? What is your promotional message? And then having a fun and entertaining section that really engages with the consumer as well. So really that's kind of the two areas that I'm looking at. And, you know, yeah. I'm still looking for a full time if it's there. And, you know, how does this all fit together for myself? It's, you know, I'll always do stuff with my clients and brands on the side because that gives me the ability to continuously learn, to continuous, you know, try different things that, you know, yeah. I may not with a, like with Papa John's, for example, you know, there was a very lot of structure. So with the clients that I had with them, I was still able to go out and try different things and learn different things and really be able to expand my mindset and my features and my 
experiences with other brands as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. So yeah, what, what do you think is the coolest technology development that you've seen in the last few months? The coolest? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's really technology in general, but it is what brands have been forced to do over the last yeah. year, if you will, yep. to meet consumers' expectations. And some of that is, you know, a lot of brands may not have really been active online or may not have online ordering, but they were forced to get into a space that they were not comfortable with. Yeah. Some of them excelled, some of them didn't. But, you know, it's the way technolo technology has been used over the last year is, in my opinion, going to help shape the next five years. And when I say that, you look at the data that they're collecting. How are these brands now going to be able to be more focused, to be more personalized, to be more one-to-one -one now that they've got this data? And when I say data, it's, you know, understanding who Damon is, what has he ordered, but then building and developing programs that are now going to be data-driven that they weren't doing a year ago. And, you know, a year ago, this wasn't the CMO or the CEO saying, we're going to do this. This was a event that yeah. forced their brand to go into a space that they probably weren't ready for. And they yeah. were probably resisting and probably thinking, we never need to do that because, you know, we're a sit-in sit -in restaurant and whatever yep. it may be. Or, you know, we might be a retail establishment that, you know, our doors are always open. Yeah. You know, not always going to be that way. And this is an event that I think showed us that. But, you know, where are we going to go from here? And how are we going to be more personalized? How are we going to look at the technology? And these are things that we've been talking about for, you know, five, oh, six yeah. years. Yeah. But not a lot of brands are doing it right. And when you yeah. think of, you know, what's going to happen after this, hopefully, you know, brands are going to start evolving and understanding the importance of data and why they should collect it and why they should have data-driven programs around it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And I, I'm glad to, glad to hear you say it. Cause I, I really think that there is, um, when we look at when we look at what was forced upon companies in the last year, plus there, you look at the, the, the way you had to, to relate to people, the yeah. way that you had to, the, re, the remote work environment, the remote piece in, in, in that, the, the e-commerce that just more transactions being done just because of the physical uh, requirements of it. I don't think that that's so, I, I think some of that is going to stick because I know for me, look at me, old dude like me, I like ordering online now. Oh, yeah. And I didn't before. I like it now because I order, it shows up on the doorstep, that's done. And And whether it's, ordering food, whether it's ordering yeah. supplies, whatever it is. And, and when you look at that, that's, that is even, I think more prevalent in younger generations, but yeah. I think what it did is it forced just about everyone to get kind of used to it. I mean, my, my mother uh, was ordering groceries online yes. for, for almost a year. Do you think, I, I don't think that that will probably change. They're used to being able to go in and make their little list out online and go pick it up. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's listening too. And, you know, if brands don't listen to what the expectations or their consumers are, I can just go somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, how are you listening and how are you creating, creating an experience 
that I want to keep coming back into. Yeah. Yeah. And, and mixing it into the hybrid model of, yeah, I like to order on t- online sometimes, but I want to stop in sometimes, yeah. you know, and see. So it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting how the brands can do it because everything from restaurants to doctor's offices Absolutely. have had to change. And, and, you know, there's just so many opportunities for people to rethink the, the, the customer engagement and the customer, how you just deal with it and the journey and, and how you can make it better that it's mind boggling the, the options we have. It really is. I mean, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, you know, Bernie, it's been awesome getting to talk to you and I want to, I want to be cognizant of our time here. And I know you've got another appointment, but man, I am so happy that we had this time to talk on faces of business. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, What's the best way to reach out? Is LinkedIn a good place to find you? LinkedIn is probably the best place. Um, Bernie Fusenegger. I should yeah. be. I think my dad might be out there. You, you can tell the difference. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. LinkedIn, absolutely. Um, definitely on Twitter. And yeah, yeah. Website, b2the7.com would be another way. But usually LinkedIn where I'm most active and okay. in Twitter. Good stuff. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Bernie. It's awesome talking to you again. I'm just, I'm a junkie about this stuff and we could talk about it for hours, but I will, I will spare the listeners listening to me battle on, but your, your experience and, and the way that you think about this, the way that you think about this is so cool to be able to, to get into a more depth, in-depth conversation with you. Cause man, you start to un, uh, unpeel the onion around you and get the layers open. You can really tell how you understand this at a deep level. Well, yeah. And that's another part, you know, over the last three, four years, it's how do you, and for myself, it's how do I make my personal brand and professional brand stand apart from what everybody else is offering and how do you use my back experience to then help with that. And that's yeah. where I've really formulated and really settled on, you know, the reach, retain and regain. And how does that then apply to so much other, but you know, it's understanding how to use that data, how to understand how to use the channels, how to understand segmentation, targeting, yeah. reporting. I mean, it all fits together. And without data, I mean, you're just basically, here's a high level batch and blast, no experience. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's also the relationship building. So, you know, social has a very big part in this as far as, you know, how do you build a community? How do you engage with that community? How do you listen, provide value? So that's a no, whole nother avenue that's, you know, part of the levers that you pull, but you've got to build a relationship with your audiences and with your customers. And social is the perfect, you know, it's a long tail game with social. It's not yeah. something that you're going to do today and tomorrow and expect results. It's how are you present? How are you active? How do you engage? And that's just as important as some of the other data marketing elements that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. we could talk all day on probably yeah. all of this. Yeah, it's so true, man. It's so true. Well, Bernie, so great to have you there have you here thanks kelly was on she said hey two awesome folks she said hi Hello, said, hey, kelly. hey kelly thanks for listening today um just so so blessed to have you here today man and very much appreciate it yeah I, i'm glad we can have you here you know i i like your sports choices i mean I, the kentucky's cool st louis cardinals definitely the cowboys i'm gonna go ah but hey everyone's got to have their choices and, and we'll, it's it's awesome that you have them you know, growing so, up, growing up in Louisville, we didn't have a whole lot of choices. It was, yeah, gosh, I think the Bengals at the time, and in Ooh. our market, it was Green Bay that was on all the time, the Steelers, and the Cowboys. 
Yeah. When I was six years old, I chose the Cowboys. There you for go. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, it's 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 uh, the making those choices and sticking with them, man. That's yeah, good. Absolutely. All right. Well, wonderful. Thanks for being here today, Bernie. Thanks to everyone else for listening. We're going to be back again on Thursday this week. We got, uh, I believe it's Lisa Caprelli on today oh, on awesome. Thursday. She's going to be talking about, she has a great cause where she and she um, has a whole oh, online where she helps to inspire children to read. It's really cool. So we're going to have that going on. And uh, yeah, so Thanks again for being here, Bernie. We're going to sign off for now. Everyone else, just be safe, and we will see you again next time.